welcome to Pockets. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with my dear friend, Fabe. Hi, everybody. Do you prefer Fabe or Fabian? I like both. Yeah, me too. I like Jen or Jennifer. Yeah, Jen. I like Jen. 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 You know, I, my first crush was on a girl named Jennifer. Really? I always had this thing for that name. Oh. Kindergarten. She was taller than everybody, freckled, red hair, braids, adorable, Jennifer. That I name was always very braids. special <laughs> yes, for I me, Jennifer. I just saw, um, I just watched uh, Love Story um, mm. to honor Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. And that was Jennifer, yeah? Wasn't that her name? Jenny. Jenny but Jennifer, yeah, yes. Yeah. And Ray Milan and Ali McGraw and those nostrils, they were really pre- prevalent. They um, were. And you know what's weird is we were talking about Love Story and Ali McGraw about a month before. Remember? Yes, With the whole we AI were. thing yes. and trying to recreate it, like those iconic scenes for us this is a different intro for us but i know it is sorry we're going to spur the moment I it's know. like stream of consciousness it is but that's the thing the fashion fabian yeah. like the 70s the fashion i mean sure. spot on the um you know the scenes uh, what not the b-roll but it's the sequences the sequences and the, yeah well like, also don't do remember the poster and the the whole love story the way it's written was yeah. that i can't remember the artist it was Famous. Somebody famous? Yeah, I think so. That wow. sort of was inspired with that whole... It's anyway. so good. Yeah. It was sad. I got a little teary. Yeah, it was the first like... film I ever cried to. My mom was watching it on television when I was a kid, and oh. I remember crying and not understanding, why am I crying? Oh, like, not fake. being to process right. what was actually happening, but knowing that it was sad. It was really weird. Wow. Yeah. Huh. 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 I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, all right, so I survived Christmas. Did you survive Christmas? I, you know, I guess should we say it like that? I mean, it is a nice holiday. Surviving. You know what? This year felt felt really different from last year. Like this one, everything so far, so you know, knock on wood, smooth. Yeah. No drama. Nice. Right? Nice. It yes. Seemed, it I just agree. seems a little bit a yeah. little bit easier. I don't know what, but yeah. I'm happy for it. Me too. Me too. We had a lovely day. Went to our friend's house, and then we came home and. Yeah, we watched Maestro, which will, I mean, I guess we're jumping ahead, but um, Man, just Maestro just knocked movie. my socks Me too. off. Me too. I, you know, I've been hearing some critics, because there's always a freaking critic, yeah. um, trying to say like that it's a an, always an attempt to get an Oscar from him. I mean, I grew up in the New York area, and Leonard Bernstein was, I always called him Bernstein, and it's Bernstein. Yeah. He was really popular there, especially for the people like that lived in the tri-state area, and you know, he was just always in the regional paper, the, the New York Times right. Sunday, like, you know, just always around. So I understand and have the reverence that I think Bradley Cooper had to make this film. So these, I think the critics can go to hell because they're, not, they're missing know, the whole point. Well, and it's not just to go, I don't think he did this to get an Oscar. I mean, he was really an important figure in American culture. Yeah. In, I mean, yes, huge figure in American culture. West Side Story. Candida. As a composer, yeah. as as a, a, a influencer of the time, for sure, it yeah. was beautiful. I loved it. My favorite. I don't think I've seen a film quite like this before. Yeah. My favorite aspect was that the music was as much a character in this as were Carrie Mulligan's and his. Absolutely, and they were most of, all but one were his songs and, that he wrote. Right, and it was phenomenal the way that the music was incorporated into the storytelling because he became part of the music. I don't know how to explain it. That whole scene, there's a scene where they are practicing on the town, is it? Yeah. When they're on stage and he becomes one of the characters. Yes. 
dancing but it tells their story within that dance. With it, it is. It is incredibly well done in the way the scenes, tr- you know, go from one to another I know. seamlessly, I know. from color to black and white and back and forth. Beautiful, and then these these little symbolic, beautiful moments, particularly with Carrie Mulligan, that were all very. Oh. The subtlety of like she's a, facing him, I know. and I don't know how many times in the film you yeah. see her from behind. Yeah, you see her back. Yes, you're staring at her from her back, and even at the very, very last bit of the film, I know. You see yes. a black and white image of her smiling, and then oh. she turns around, and you see it the back. So beautiful. And it's kind of—I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking it's the sim- symbolism of her turning her back, kind of on herself, yeah. because she gave up a lot. She gave up a lot to be with him. I yes, mean, it was did. a. It, she became his shadow in a way. She became, you know, sort of her identity was completely attached oh, to him. And, you know, as an actress, she yeah became, she was just known as Mrs. Bernstein. I, I think know. right. So it was beautifully powerful, done. beautiful. Did it remind you a little bit of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon? Yeah, it really did. I yes. for me, and I I thought about it afterward, and you know, even though Bob Fosse, <laughs> I don't think was gay. But the the field that they're both in, um, you know, Bernstein and Fosse, right. and then having actress wives and some sort of being in the shadow of this very famous man, yeah. there were a lot of similarities. I thought very in their interesting, lives. very interesting. I also thought the cinematography was beautiful, like, like the red the red sweater he had on. Like yeah. I I think I remember that interview and that red sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Just it was brilliant. Yeah, it also, was. just as a side note, the little girl in the movie was his daughter in real life. I don't know if you caught whose that. daughter. When they had the, the when the kids Cooper's were Cooper's daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he had a daughter. Yeah, wow, that's, that's his great. daughter with that Russian model. I can't remember her name. Oh, I only just... know that the daughter was Uma Thurman's daughter in real life. Yeah. Maya Hawk. Yeah, but yes, she was but when great she was younger, it. she was played by. Yeah, she was wonderful in it. She was really great. The point is, everybody, go see Maestro either in the theater or tune in to Netflix. Yeah, it was excellent. I kind of want to say the same thing if we're going to do a recommendation, Saltburn. Yeah. Saltburn, Emerald Fennell's new film. She previously directed another Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan in Promising oh, wow. Young Woman. I cannot recommend that movie more mm. highly. What a movie. Yeah. She was also, she was really in charge of the second season of Killing Eve, which was such a good season. Yes, that My was a good season. season. So good. And she directed this film, wow. and it is a retelling of the talented Mr. Ripley for sort of the oh. Gen Z generation. It's an updated version, and it is fantastic. All right. A lot of I'm people gonna... are criticizing it. It's you know, it's got its the, things that are not yeah, perfect. I mean, I mean, I just... but it is gorgeous to look at. The story yeah. is really, really well done. It sounds like She's the purpose so of a movie. It takes yeah. you away for a couple of hours, and critics it's, be damned. Yeah, I did highly recommend it. It was beautiful. Wonderful. Salt burn. Salt burn. Okay. It's the name of the castle, that the home, the mansion uh, that this he... rich family lives okay. in. Okay. Right. That he sort of you know, inserts himself into their lives. Yes. I mean, the let's just nod the original. I mean, Jude Law was really oh, handsome at that time. And my, my word. So and beautiful. And Damon was great, but Jude Law... It was the only film that <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow was acceptable in to me. That's it. The only thing... I was okay I literally with turned off sliding doors because yeah. I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know why. Yeah, me neither. Me I neither. do know, I do resent her because one time... I don't know if I've said this to you. She was quoted as saying, I've never cleaned a toilet in my life. 
And that's just right there. That's all I needed to hear. Go to hell, Gwyneth. All right? No, I'm sure she's a nice person, but I hear you. I, I yeah. That movie is the only one. That, yeah, she yeah. was she was she perfect was in it. Very good. You know what else though? I did like her in. Um, they redid uh, the Dickens with uh-huh. uh, High Expe- Great Expectations. Great Expectations with Ethan Hawke. Yes, that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't remember it. I remember. Yeah, I rem- I barely remember that movie. I think Tori Amos did a song on it. That's what yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then they did. Um, they re- they redid um, Dial M for Murder. And they called it a perfect murder, and she oh. starred with Michael Douglas. But oh, it was right. a remake of a Grace Kelly classic, right? Also with Ray um, Milan. Wait, my in the Great Expectations, was Helena Bonham Carter Mrs. Havisham? I thought it was Anne Bancroft. Was it? Not? It was Anne Bancroft. Yeah. Mother of God, <laughs> what is wrong with us? I wish you could see how we delight in ourselves. All right, all right. Let's Here we let's go. focus. Let's get to it. <laughs> so. We like to start our episodes, which, which, which you did, we did not this time, but we like to bring We're up some... it up, people. Exactly. Discussing some odd or bizarre stories or even wonderful headlines that we discovered from around the world or even from history. So, Fabe, you're up. Well, this one's a very short and sweet one, and I don't think it applies to me in any way whatsoever <laughs> right this minute. But this is what we found out, that your brain is an insane hard drive. I think most of us know this. Your brain consists of about one billion nerve cells or neurons. Each neuron connects to about a thousand other neurons for a total of over a trillion connections. Memories are stored through those connections. Memories are stored through... So, oh, so the upshot is that your brain can store around 2.5 petabytes of memory. I don't even know what a petabyte is. That's equivalent of leaving your DVR running 24 hours a day for over 300 years. You know, and one thing that you need since this comes up, you know how people always say we only use 10% of our brain? Yeah. This is not true. Yeah. Do you know that this is a fallacy? Really? It is not true. We use 100% of our brain. We just don't use 100% of our brain all the time. Oh, uh, of course. When you use 100% of your brain all the time, you get right. seizures. That's what those seizures, when people get seizures, it's because there's this Are... over-function of brain. Wow. Not all seizures, yeah, but, but right. many. Wow. So I just discovered that. Two days ago, I thought that we only used a percentage. You know, yeah. everybody talks about that movie, Lucy, with Scarlett Johansson. Have yeah. you noticed that it's it's on the top ten again on Netflix for most viewed movies? And this movie did not do that great at the, at the, it did at not. the theater. And now no. it's this But I think popular. I remember watching it, though. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was interesting. It was all right. Um, one other thing about the brain, since it's come up, and about memory, particularly about memory of the brain. I don't know if you watched the... Alive Inside, I think it was called. It was oh, a no, documentary. Oh no, I haven't watched it. Oh, it's a do- oh, the documentary. I thought I it was. I think the it was called that. Woman. And yeah. it was about the the this guy who works with old people. He works in old folks' homes, and he just started doing this test. He started noting that if he'd asked people who had dementia or early onset Alzheimer's questions and they couldn't answer, he would give them headphones and play music of their time period music. when they were teenagers for five minutes, and then ask them the same question, and oh, they could God. remember. Details, very detailed Isn't things. That fascinating? Because the part of the brain that processes music has its own pockets, so to speak, of memory. Memory is stored. The memory with music is a different hard drive than the memory we have, for example, of you know yesterday of walking in through the front door and right, something right. like that. So it is fascinating. They they would. He would put these on someone who hadn't spoken in years. Wow. Puts the headphones on and they start singing along they will remember the words 
perfectly. I've they seen that no... with some Alzheimer's patients, like they're able to. Sing well, Tony more. Bennett. You know, when you look at Tony yeah. Bennett, that last yes. show with with uh, with Gaga. Lady Gaga, she knows this. She yeah. she would prompt him once he once the music yeah, starts, he could he sing could along. Sing he was it. on it. He remembers the oh, words, yeah. all of it, which makes me love her all the more. Oh, that she had kindness. that kindness. She did the same with Liza, Liza Minnelli. I was just waiting. I was and just, it's yeah. the same thing. When they forget, it's the prompt. You give them the prompting. You yeah. know who's doing that sort of? And I'm not saying that Joni Mitchell has early eyes and uh, Alzheimer's, but, but she is a little Brandy bit more Carlyle forgetful. Is Brandy Carlyle is very much the been same way. Phenomenal. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, having just seen them both at the Hollywood Bowl, oh, Brandy Carlyle. So yeah. Oh, how lucky. Yeah. How freaking yeah. lucky. Yeah. Annie Lennox. Yeah. My. So lucky. But the, 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 um, just the way she reveres her, Brandy yeah. Carlisle, yeah. Just, and just a deep respect. Yeah. But it know. is that prompting. It, it is. is that prompting, prompting of when they get stuck, you just, you sing it. Yeah. You sing along. It, but anyway, it's fascinating. And, and it's the, old, it's the, it's the is... old memories, too. My mother had a, a traumatic brain injury, and when she first woke up, she literally had no short-term memory whatsoever. So she would look at me and be like, where's Jen? You know, I'm like, I'm right here. But yet she could remember something that happened sure. in the Bronx. In detail. You know, 30 full years detail. prior right. in full detail. It was really yeah. fascinating yeah. with how the brain... Did that eventually go away and she... She was pretty much... It affected her for the rest of her life. You know, there was some improvement, hmm. um, but the short-term memory was always affected. She's like a goldfish. She's yeah, a little right? bit like a goldfish. She became fish. a goldfish. Or Ellen on Finding Nemo. Exactly. You know? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. <clears throat> Here we go, pet. Here's our next one. All right. Okay. Wrong place, wrong time. Christopher Boyd, 32, was riding in a car on November 27th in Evansville, Indiana, when it was pulled over for an obscured license plate. I guess that wasn't really grammatically correct, but you get my gist. The smoking gun reported. Boyd was patted down and officers found a small bag with multiple pills in his sock. Boyd told them that he uses Percocet for pain from a bullet lodged in his spine. Police noticed he tensed up when being searched in his groin area. They asked if he had anything stuffed in his groin or buttocks, and he said he did not. But when they arrived at the station, Boyd was walking with a limp and appeared to be clenching his buttocks. A trip through a scanner identified a large object, a Smith & Wesson handgun of about five inches in length, in his rectum. The manufacturer does claim the pistol is perfectly suited for concealed carry. It was not reported whether the weapon was loaded. Boyd also had two plastic bags of marijuana tucked next to his scrotum. He was booked into the Vandenberg County Jail. So it's kind of a silly Well, it was headline. only five inches, was... so I mean... <laughs> I mean, it was only five, I guess. I mean, that's not... right? <laughs> Clenching. Boy, You relax. know, did he do this while he was being pulled over? I, I mean, when, right. when, when, when did the what, gun get what put in there? did the gun Was get it in stuck a baggie, in? I hope? I mean, did he... Uh, that, see, that's, there's going to be some scratches. <laughs> it's going to be like... Anal tear. If he had to pull that out to use it... It's going to be slippery. It's Maybe you bring disgusting. up a really good point. When the hell did the gun go in the butt? Yeah. Did he get in the car right off the bat with it? I think he had to do it while he was driving. I mean, that has got to hurt. I can I can tell you that will hurt. <laughs> 
let's leave it at that. Yes, let's just leave Jeez it at that. Louise. Oh my word! We hope my God. we hope we add something to all of your lives by bringing you these wonderful tales. I'm sure your imaginations are going wild, oh. just like mine are. <laughs> All right, well, we've kind of already done yeah, movie time, have, so let's so. just stay on track. Um, was there anything else, though? I did want to talk about um, Maestro for sure. I guess we already did. We covered the topics that I thought about. Yeah. Um, um, oh, End of the World. Yeah. Let's discuss mo- just yeah. for a few minutes. A murder at the End of the World. Murder at the End of the World. What did you think? I think it was appropriate and perfect. It yeah. was a little bit of a letdown. I think the last two episodes should have been one. It, I, I think, think I agree cutting, with you. cutting it up that way yeah. made it a little anticlimactic. Yeah. But if it I had agree. been all one episode, you would have had right. that like cliffhanger all within the the, sh- yes. the that last two hours, and it would have been much better. Yeah. I think. The, other than that, it's great, and of course, I think in having AI technology be part of it without telling you anything is even in the most innocent way. An unexpected way. That That's that could what was be. interesting. There was no that maliciousness. I did not suspect. I did not suspect that. Correct. Well, I can't tell you because no, you're, you're exactly. watching We're, it. We don't want to ruin I that know, ending. No, no. But anyway. Um, but it was good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the portion of the show, and we use actually it's a British term, agony auntie and uncle. Well, it's usually agony auntie or agony uncle, but um, and this is where we respond to anyone seeking advice. As in our previous episodes, we've borrowed these from the internet, but we now have an email available. So if you have any advice you're seeking and would like us to offer our two cents, please write into the show. The email is pocketspod at gmail.com. That's pocketspod, P-O-C-K-E-T-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. All right. I hope you're right in. and um, They will remain anonymous. So yes, they will worry. totally remain anonymous unless you don't want to. All right. Dear Agony Auntie and Uncle, Whenever this time of year rolls around, I am filled with a sense of dread. Not because I hate the holidays, but because I know that I'm going to end up facing awful judgment and criticism from those around me over how I treat my children during the festive season. I've never let my kids buy into the whole lie about Santa. I think it's stupid. Ever since they were old enough to understand what Santa was, I've told them he's not a real man, that he's a symbol of Christmas for some people. My decision to tell my kids the truth about Santa was made for a number of reasons. First, I don't think it's right to lie to children and create some silly fantasy that will inevitably be shattered and leave them heartbroken. I think we both know who is heartbroken in this scenario. Instead, I have always raised them to see this time of year as one for being with family, for doing acts of service, and for spreading joy to others. And you don't need to spend big amounts of money in order to do that. I don't buy my kids Christmas gifts, neither do I buy my husband anything. I take the money and I save on gifts and so on, and I put it into a college fund for them, which seems like a far better use of my earnings than frivolous gifts. Yet other people seem to find this stance impossible to understand. I've been called Scrooge, told that I'm evil, and even my own family members have accused me of bullying and abusing my children by banning them from having a real Christmas. I'm not trying to deprive my kids. I'd just rather keep their feet on the ground and their heads out of the clouds so that they understand what it means to live in the real world, rather than one filled with fantasies and over-the-top spending. How can I make my loved ones see that I'm not a Scrooge, just a realist? From Bad Santa. Let me just start by saying she's a monster, okay? An absolute monster. I'm sorry. Kids, life is relentless and brutal. 
let that kid have a childhood. You know, but this is coming from the person who in fifth grade when Sister Eleanor asked who still believes in Santa Claus, I raised my hand. <laughs> so, you know, maybe she's got a little point, but to spare some embarrassment, but I'm kidding. But I don't know. I, I feel strongly about, you know, my husband's mom told him at five years old that there was no Santa Claus. And I just feel like Santa Claus is special. Well, what, do, where, what do you think? Um, you know, there's a, a magic is what I think. Yeah. I think that she's depriving her children That's of magic. It. Because the idea that fairies may live in your yard, that they might be real. If somebody tells you there are no unicorns and there are no... There's right. no magic. There's no then magic. That, that, to me, is not a, a, a kind thing to do to your child. Yeah. You know, growing up, uh, there was a kid on our, in our neighborhood in L.A. who was a Jehovah's Witness, I guess. And okay. They didn't celebrate birthdays. They didn't right, celebrate right. anything. And, you know, he wouldn't come to our birthday parties or whatever. And one year, his mom let him have a birthday party. And I thought, okay, that's kind of sweet. I mean, I know that it's religious. And maybe the way this woman is talking about this sounds like I think one she sounds like she's she's really she's too frugal you know yeah she's spending stupidly and putting it in yeah her. I mean she, just, she's she all business this woman is all business she's a yeah. full-on Capricorn yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just um I think I, I think it's great not to lie to your children absolutely I, but I think that it's okay for kids to believe in something so, because it's to believe just to in believe. magic in yeah. something that is Make believe. And the, the the thing about she doesn't want them to, to grow up being disappointed or whatever, that is a, a that's the way to teach children about things yeah, that fantasies that turn out not to yeah. be real. Yeah. That's how they learn. That's how they, they mourn yes. in their minds and the way that a child could do it. Rather than something but, horrible. And I also think that that <clears throat> absolutely happens and you mourn it, but then you still have memories of when you did believe. Of course. I can remember specifically crawling under the Christmas tree when I was about nine, eight or nine, maybe even seven, and just looking up through the branches of the tree. And it was just such a magical memory for me. I think that her intentions are pure. I don't think no, she's... No, you know, I think she's creating robots because she says, she literally says, I'm not trying to deprive my kids. I'd just rather keep, keep their, their feet, feet on the ground, ground and their heads out I of the mean, clouds. He's, he's five years <clears throat> old, for God's sake. This, I mean, is, this is not kind. No, I agree. And it's, and it's like, you're right. She's it's a very... Business. She's all... She's, and, and she's got family saying they're accusing her of bullying and abusing her children. What are the family witnessing? You know, yeah. by the way, I've noticed a pattern with us in our advice letters. At no point do we give advice. We just criticize the letter writer. <laughs> Please so. just don't let that dissuade you from sending in your questions. <laughs> we promise we'll be better. But no. So to stay on point, there I say, the, I advice, say yeah, the, the advice is let the kids dream a little. And I think ease up. And I mean, but it's already too late. She's already too late. She's already ruined it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. does she discourage it from other people's children? Does Do they she... even get a Christmas tree, for God's sakes? Yeah. Right. I no, don't know. Probably not. Yeah. And you're right. Like, does she screw it up for other people's? Right. Like, maybe family members, does she nieces let the, or nephews? Does she tell her kids, you know, yeah. make sure that you don't tell other kids that right. there's no Santa Claus because they really want to believe it and it's important to them. But I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't disagree. Well, All right, bad Santa, you are a bad Santa. And I think bit. you should lighten up and just, yeah, yeah just, uh, you don't even have to spend a ton of money, but get some stocking stuffers one year and just, you know. It isn't even about the buying. I'm no. all with her about yeah, doing you. service for other people. Yes. I think that's great. 
and that doesn't you can't it doesn't mean you can't have both things yeah you can still believe in Santa Claus and not spend a lot of money on gifts and do nice things for other people that yeah. they're not exclusive of each other so I agree I agree with you all right pet you're up all right well here we go dear agony auntie and uncle for the past few months, I kind of feel that this was chosen specifically for me. It's going to trigger me, and I'm just telling you now. Oh, let's God. see what happens. All right. For the past few months, I've been getting really uncomfortable with the way my brother behaves around my husband. I only got married four months ago, and ever since the ceremony, my brother, who is gay, has been openly flirting with him, and it's becoming increasingly awkward every time we see him. I've always been close to my brother and spent years trading dating horror stories with him before I met the man who would ultimately become my husband. It was important to me that he and my brother get along well, so I made sure to introduce them early on in the relationship, and it seemed like they got on like a house on fire. But after we got married, something just snapped. My brother completely changed. He started making really inappropriate sexual comments to my husband talking about his big feet and even joking that he should try the other siblings to compare and make sure he's married the right one. He's also very touchy-feely to the point where it makes my skin crawl. My husband tried to grin and bear it for a while, but the last time we saw my brother, he reached his breaking point, understandably, when he grabbed his butt in public. He's now saying he doesn't know if he can stand to be around my brother anymore until we have a conversation with him. I know that something needs to be said, and I'm worried about destroying what was once a really good bond between myself and my sibling. Mm. Any idea how I should handle this mess from sibling rivalry? Sad. It is. It, this it's absolutely. Triggering. Well, I'll tell you what's triggering is that I kind of feel like, you know, I love my friends, my girlfriends, and the love that they have. I tend to get crushes on my friends' husbands. <sighs> I mean, because I see them, I kind of see the husbands through the eyes of oh, right. my friends. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God, they love them so much. So yeah. all of a sudden, I just see them yes. as cute or whatever. Whatever. Hopefully not too flirty. Although every time there's a little bit of flirty. I don't know. There's a safety in flirting with straight men. There's yeah. A, a, oh, I'm because sure. Because it's not going to happen. You know, it's just this easy... Just like there's a safety in having friendship with gay men for women. For sure. Very safe. Okay, but going back to this first, firstly... Um, you know, it's easy to make two assumptions, I think. One assumption is that it's, you know, somebody might say, well, maybe something happened between the two of them before they got married, you know, while they were still dating, you know, that the brother, maybe there was a wheel. Potentially. But I, what I really think happened here is that I think, yeah, she had a really great relationship with her brother where they would share stories about dating and, and horror stories. Like she said, we shared horror stories about dating. And suddenly she's happy and she's found someone and he's jealous I think that he's really jealous and, you know, she's found a great relationship and he hasn't, you know. Do you think he's aware of his behavior in it? No, I think that, I think that absolutely she needs to talk to him for sure. 100%. I feel very sorry for the husband, especially the fact that he is um, so uncomfortable. And grabbing the butt in public, that's not enough. How would it be if it was a sister? If she had a sister that was doing the same thing, like that would not go, you know, it would not not go over well at all. So it's a very good point. Yeah. I think she absolutely should speak to him. Absolutely. With kindness and stuff. And I I, I really think that there's a jealousy thing there because, you know, that happens with, doesn't that happen with friends? Does that never happen to you when you were younger and you've got a best friend and you guys are out dating and you go, you know, dancing and you go to the clubs and then one of them meets somebody and then suddenly, you know, there's like a, 
a bitchy tone, like the, it's easy to a sarcastic sort yeah. of tone, a little because suddenly they're and happy they're at, yeah, and you're it not. Happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it it's it happens, and it's just this happens to be with siblings, and it just happens to be that one of them is a, is is a gay man. But. So you don't think that he's misreading anything from the husband and acting like thinking? No, I think he's, he's really doing it. No, the, think I think the, the, the brother, brother is, is, is doing all actively, of those things. Yeah. He is flirting with him okay. and he's, you know, I, he's either doing it flirting because he's jealous or he's, um, he's just pushing him to the limit to see how far he can, he can take it with him being comfortable with, Right, you know, gay men, and you know, talking about his feet. Oh, you got big yeah, feet. Yeah, oh, those yeah, are size thirteens. Yeah. Right. I don't know. You know what that means? Right, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, I think a nice conversation. Approach it honestly. Let him know that you're hurt too. Like, make yeah, for sure. sure. He knows well, that obviously, that you love him so much, and your relationship with your brother is so important to you, and that this is borderline going to destroy any relationship any yeah. potential for a future relationship that they have I agree I think I think that a brother he's either going to be really offended and, and say you're imagining it there's nothing or he's going to recognize it and say I'm really sorry and apologize and right. say I'm really sorry and, and right I mean because you mentioned earlier like that you do flirt sometimes with your friend's husband for but sure you don't flirt like that Fabian like it's no. nothing overtly like no I would not one of them grab would be their like, ass what, what are never. you doing to my husband I would husband, never right? grab no. so this is, it, it's inappropriate it really yeah. is inappropriate behavior yeah, for sure yeah it is for sure this is not healthy no alright well on that on note, that, that was note. a bummer <laughs> Wow, way to, way to set the outline up to end on a low. We did want to wish all of you a very happy new year. Yep. I hope that uh, all of your dreams come true and don't set yourself up for any failure. Don't, you know, what, what's it called when you... Yeah, you your resolutions. resolutions. You know what, I have one little bit of advice okay. that I've been giving to customers when they came into the store. You know, people, especially during Thanksgiving, when people, you can just tell they're not in a good, good, good space. And you see a lot, obviously, this time of year. That's sad. Well, a lot of stuff happens. It's really weird. There's so much death and things that go on starting at Thanksgiving. It's like, yeah, it's a not, hard time. It's really a hard time. I tell people, and I've been telling people, and I'm a hypocrite because I have not done it, but I'm going to today, is I told people to start writing down every single day something that you're letting go of, that you no longer that no longer serves you this year. Mm. Anything you write on a little piece of paper, get a little notepad, just write it down a piece of paper, and on another piece of paper, write down something you're grateful for, something that that has been I love great, that. and you just keep doing that yeah. every day. And on New Year's Eve, yeah, you get that piece of paper, yeah. the one with the things that no longer yes. serve you that you're letting go, and you throw it in the fire. You just get rid that. of it and let it go. Yeah, and then use that what you're grateful for and the things that you want more of. That's your little guide. Those are your resolutions. It's not. What like you want to stop doing, it's what yeah. you want more of. Well, conversely, I, I, I heard a wonderful thing, too. Um, you can, once a week, write down something great that's happened to you. Yeah. Put it in, like, a mason jar. And yeah. then at the end of the year, read open it up that's and great. read through that. So I think that... Those are beautiful. That's a great yeah. little thing. Talk about making a small thing, that you, something you might have forgotten about. That's what you I You do mean. it daily, 365 things yeah. to be grateful for. Yeah. That's a great idea. Or even weekly, if daily is too yeah. much. But, you yeah. know... But I think that's a really, I like your idea of, of burning the, the negative. Yeah, you know, letting it's it It's ritualistic in a yeah. way, and I like that. Letting it go, for sure. We all just are doing our best, yeah. and that's yeah. all we can. And I guess looking forward to 
new and better yeah. 2024. I think so. I, I think hope so. so. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want to be dear, bad Santa, but no. sometimes I inevitably become bad Santa thinking, you know, a little bit more pessimistic than I should. But I'm hoping for the greatest, best year ever. It happens, Fabian. That's life. Happen. And there's cycles where, you know, you can yeah. be more up than not. And, of course. You know, and there's always going to be downs. Yeah. So hopefully it's we'll understandable. have a nice balance. Exactly. Yeah. Here's to 2024, everybody. Yeah, and happy just New Year. a reminder. Yes, Happy New Year. Sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. sweets. Um, just a reminder, if you want to have Fabian and I give you some advice on any subject. <laughs> I doubt it or, or rail on you for writing the letter at all, please email us at pocketspod at gmail.com. That's, you know, it doesn't even have to be your own. Like, say, you know of somebody. Yeah. You can, it doesn't have to be directly related directly to yourself. Related to right, you. right. It could be someone else or... A, a story, some, uh, something that happened to someone 20 years ago that you know of, what would the advice have been? I love it. So We have opinions on everything, obviously. <laughs> well, Happy New Year, everybody. Take care. I Bye, love you, you Fabe. Happy New Year to you. Ditto. Happy New Year. Take care, my Bye, love. Bye, you guys.